0: So Christmas is not over just yet. I know it feels like it's over. After all, we've sung our carols and lit our candles and exchanged gifts, so it feels like it's over, but I have one final gift that I'd like for us to open this morning, and it comes in the form of our reading from Ephesians. In fact, I think Paul wrote it with the idea that we might read it like a little giddy kid opening a present on Christmas morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight He's made us made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will so that we who were the first to set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard of the word of truth, The gospel of your salvation and it believed in him were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people to the praise of his glory. The word of the Lord. Now, I read that quickly for a reason. It's because it's meant, I think, to be one great big gift received in one fell swoop from Paul. In fact... The whole thing is one sentence. One. That whole thing. Now, you don't get that when you read the English translation, because the English translators chopped it up into six sentences. I guess because they just couldn't stomach this one long sentence, wanted it to be a little pal- more palatable or more accessible, maybe. But the original Greek is one long sentence. Some say it's the longest sentence in the entire Bible. And Paul meant us to read it like that. As one long sentence, savoring each phrase. As if we're a giddy little kid trying to wrap our arms around this great big present that Paul is trying to describe to us and give to us. Each verse, in fact, builds on the other. In Christ, Paul says, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. In Christ, we have been chosen by God before the foundation of the world. In Christ, we have God's grace lavished upon us. In Christ, God gathers all things unto Himself, things on earth and things in heaven. It's one great, big, massive gift. And Paul wants us to receive it that way, try and wrap our arms around it. But that's not all. As you read these verses, as you slowly savor them and start to get a picture of this cosmic view of what happened on Christmas morning, you start to receive the gift. As you, as you read these verses, you finally get to verse 11, which is the climax, the point of the whole thing. Why he says all this stuff prior to it happens in verse 11, where he says, in Christ we've received an inheritance so that we might live for the praise of His glory. Now that's that's the climax. It's a it's a groundbreaking statement, though it doesn't feel like it at first. It is. It's the kind of statement that should cause you to rethink what you know about life, to rethink who you are, and why you do what you do. It's that kind of statement, and it centers on one phrase and one phrase only, so that, so that. God did all of these things so that. In Christ, God blesses us with every spiritual blessing. In Christ, this. In Christ, that. So that we might. In other words, if God has done all of these things so that, then everything we do is because of. That's the shift. And it's huge. The reason it's a huge shift is because so much of what we are taught about life flies in the face of that, is the opposite of that. We're taught so much, and what we're taught is we do things so that. We're taught to do things so that. Something else might happen. That's what we're often taught. Practice hard, we say, so that you can join that team you're wanting to go out for, right? Study hard, we say, so that you'll get good grades. Get good grades so that you can get into a good college. Go to a good college so that you can get a really good job. Get a really good job so that you can take care of all your responsibilities. We even go as far sometimes to say as love more so that other people might love more too. We live in a so that kind of world. And yet here in this one great, big, massive, long gift of a sentence, Paul is showing us a faith that is different. We don't have faith so that. We have faith because of. Our faith is not causal. It's responsive. It's in response. wonder what your life would look like if you were to start trying to live it a little more like a because of kind of life. If you were to sit down and take an inventory of yourself and kind of Peg those passions that burn deep within you and start to live out of those passions wherever you can. Can't be everywhere, can be some places. Do you do that? Have you ever thought of that? Living out of, in the ways that it's possible, the passions that burn inside you? What if you were able to do that? What would that look like? Let's say you love learning. I know not everybody loves to learn. But what if you do? What if you studied hard, not so that anything, but because of your love of learning? What if you practiced hard, not so that anything, but because of your love of the game? What if you were to Love other people more, not so that, but simply because of the fact that you are already loved. What would that look like? You know, the Bible is chock full of stories of people doing things because of. The whole thing exists because of. The Exodus story, for example... That's a because-of kind of story. The Israelites flee Egypt, not so that, but because of God's promise of a new land and a new life. There is a so that in there. They're leaving so that they can get away from, you know, jerk face. (laughs) But that's not what brings it about. That's not the deep reason. They leave because of what God has promised them. Years later when Jesus is born in Bethlehem, the wise men come to visit not so that they can receive notoriety or anything like that, but because of what they were told they might find there. Paul doesn't write letters to churches so that he can fix them. He writes letters to churches because of the life he's been given in Jesus Christ. On Easter morning, the women flee the tomb, not so much so that they might tell, but more so because of what happened to them that morning, what they experienced, the whole life lived out there. Beyond the empty tomb is a because of kind of life. We have been given a because of kind of faith. We believe because of God. We are here because of God. Everything we do, no matter what it is we do, whether we realize it or not, is done because of God. What would your life look like if you were to try and intentionally live a little more like that in the places where you can. My family has recently been watching a baking show on Netflix. There's about a zillion baking shows out there. This one is called Zumbos Just Desserts. Anyone heard of this? It's an Australian-based show. It's deep, deep in the back of Netflix's vault. <laughs> Evidently, Zumbo is a, you know, the god of desserts. I, I didn't know that. And. <laughs> The show, like most of those shows, they give a background on the people that are participating and competing, and they, they have a moment where they tell you about who they are, and one of them really caught my eye, particularly with how I knew we were going to talk about this morning. Her name's Irene, and they, they sit Irene down, you know, and she's this little little thing, I mean, about as intimidating as, as a, a speck, I mean, just not much, and yet... You just get captivated by her. She starts talking about how, who she is. She says this. She says, I'm an accountant. And I've been in the finance world my whole life. And I got into the finance stuff uh, when my dad, who is a chef and has had to work hard all his life, wanted a better life for me. And so my dad told me, study hard so that you can get into a good school. Go to a good school so that you can get a good office job because for him, that was a better life. And then she pauses and she says, I hate accounting. (laughs) I can't stand it. I do it so that My father will be pleased. And then she starts to say this. She says, you know what I love? I love baking. I love it. I can't wait to bake the next dessert. I want to make a living off it. And I know I can and she just lights up when she starts to talk about it. And you, can, you get this strong sense. You just know that what she wants more than anything else is to stop doing things in her life so that and to start doing something, one thing, because of. I found myself rooting for Irene. So much about what we're taught in life is to do things so that. And it's necessary. That's part of what living in a so that kind of world involves. It's necessary and it's helpful at times. not a bad thing. But what we're given in this great big massive long sentence of a gift from Paul is the gift of a faith that is different. We don't have a so that kind of faith. We have faith Because of, because of Christ, who gives us every spiritual blessing, because of Christ, who God has chosen us from the foundation of the world, because of Christ, God's grace is lavished upon us. Now that's a great big gift, isn't it? May it warm your heart this morning. May it lift your spirits. May you find yourself feeling a little giddy after opening it. And may you go out into this world and start living a because of kind of life. Amen.